we welcome into the program from the Waco Tribune Herald, Bryce Cherry. Bryce, good afternoon. How are you? Doing well. How about you guys? Doing good. Doing good. Just uh, kind of breaking things down and, and, and yeah. just looking at this and looking at that and want to uh, want to talk some college baseball with you. You cover the Bears uh, for the Trib and wanted to just just get your overall thoughts when when the uh, selection show uh, was aired yesterday on ESPN two. What was your initial reaction? None of surprise, that's for sure. I mean, I, I felt like it could go either way. And I think we saw that Baylor was the very definition of a bubble team in terms of being basically number 65 overall. Um, I always thought it was a coin flip whether they got in or not. And, you know, it came down to them being the very first team left out in the field. And that's never a a good feeling. Obviously, uh, they had a chance maybe if, if uh, you know, somebody got COVID, but you don't ever want to root for that. And um, now that that window has passed. I mean, it's, it's over 24 hours now since, since we had the uh, bracket announcement. So, you know, Baylor's season is over and they'll, they'll transition on into the off season, but it certainly wasn't a surprise given how Baylor finished the year, only three and seven in the last 10 games of the, of the season, lost your last two series to Oklahoma state and Oklahoma. And, and then you go to, you know, the big 12 tournament, knowing that you might need to do something to kind of impress the committee and you go to and Q. So Obviously, it, it was not a great finish for Baylor, but overall on the season, I mean, you got to think back to the way Baylor was picked going into the into the Big Twelve season, eighth or ninth, you know. <clears throat> so to to sit here with a, a fairly young team, now they did have uh, a lot of seniors on this team as well, but a lot of the core were freshmen, you know, second year freshmen that never got to finish their 2020 season and uh and you say you kind of overachieved in a lot of ways Bryce they had some injuries and and then they battled they had to battle COVID not once but twice yeah I mean the COVID thing really really bit them at the end because I think you know if you had Tyler Thomas there uh your top pitcher you you would have fared better I mean and ultimately you have to wonder if you're Baylor if one more win somewhere wouldn't have put you in the field. Uh, one more win in the big 12 would have put you at 500. When I was looking at a lot of the teams that, that got in over Baylor in terms of uh, lower RPI teams, you know, Michigan, Maryland, uh, even Florida state was one that uh, actually was a spot below Baylor in RPI. Um, they all had winning conference records and Baylor ended up, you know, uh, just below that 11 and 13. So, you know, there were some things I guess you can look at that, you know, you're, if you're Baylor, you're kind of kicking yourself. When you look at the field and you mentioned Maryland, you mentioned Michigan, do you buy into the fact that maybe the NCAA is looking to make this more of a nationwide tournament, a coast-to-coast type event instead of a out west, southeast, southwest kind of an event? Yes, I do think they're they're trying to do that. And uh, you know, does that constitute the strongest field? I mean, that's the question you have to ask. It's it to me, it's it's kind of crazy that essentially you have the Big Twelve, which 
you know, is the number two RPI conference in the, in the country behind the SEC. And, you know, three of those schools are, are top eight national seeds. Uh, you get one more team in the field. I mean, you know, Coach Rod did say that, you know, he had talked to several coaches in the Big 12 uh, that thought that five or six, you know, might get in. And I certainly thought that five, you know, was a possibility. I did wonder, you know, and, and kind of worry for Baylor's sake, I guess, uh, it, that Kansas State might jump up there and essentially steal Baylor's bid just because of the way the Wildcats finished the year. They they certainly were on the upswing, whereas Baylor was on the downswing. But, um, you know, ultimately they went with four. And, and I do think you're right that um, it's becoming more of a – a national quote unquote national tournament where they're trying to, to, you know, get college baseball to be a national sport rather than maybe a regional sport. And it could lead to uh, some weaker fields. Bryce, now that the season's over, Coach Rod and them are going to have to take a look at your roster, what you're going to have going forward, and how difficult is it going to be for them to replace a guy like Andy Thomas, and especially from a leadership standpoint? Yeah, that's tough. I mean, uh, you know, those leaders like that, you know, that only comes with time. And so a lot of your guys that you're going to be leaning on next year will be essentially third-year sophomores. I mean, um, guys that never got to finish that 2020 season. I mean, the Jared McKenzie's, the Trey Richardson's, Kyle Nevin. You know, so you, you've got a lot of young guys that, that are getting some experience, but they're not going to have the leadership qualities of, of a Richard Cunningham who was there forever and now Andy Thomas who's been there like 10 years. <laughs> you know, I mean, uh, you can't replace a guy like that. And, you know, and then you put in everything else that he does. You know, he was a great receiver behind the plate. Um, really impressed me this year. I told him so that the one I said, nothing you have done this year has really surprised me except uh, throwing guys out at the rate he did. You know, it, it, he was not quite Shea Langoliers just because Shea is, you know, just so, so good, but he was not far behind and, and really threw out guys at a, at a high rate. And then we know what he did at the plate. He hits to all fields. He hit home runs, you know, with more frequency than ever this year. He's going to get a shot, I think, in the majors, you know, or in the, I should say, in the pros. He'll get drafted, I think, in that July draft, uh, along with maybe, you know, a couple other guys. So, of the field, which Big 12 team do you think has the best shot to win at all? Man, it's all about putting it together at the right time. I think TCU, um, you know, closed the season really well by winning the big 12 tournament. And, and when they're on, I think they're tough. I, I personally wouldn't be surprised. This is kind of a cop out answer, but you know, it as any of the four making a run. Now I do think Oklahoma state has a tough draw going to the number five overall national seed. I think that was a little bit of a slight, you know, to the Cowboys sending them to Arizona, but I still think that they're, you know, when they're clicking and they got a lot of hitting and they got a guy, you know, Justin Campbell, who was the tr our, our pitcher of the year on, on our trib all big 12 team. Um, you know, 
when they're when they're going, they can beat anyone too. So you know, the answer is I don't know, but <laughs> I, um, I think that I think that Texas is pitching when it's on point. Um, is the best in, in the conference. And, and I think TCU is right there, you know, with them. And that shows based on, you know, the way the season went. Yeah, you're right. Ty Madden leads that, that, that group. And, man, he is as good a Friday night guy as you're going to see. Uh, it's a 508. We're visiting with Bryce Cherry. And, and, Bryce, we want to touch base on a couple of other things. Uh, the uh, the NCAA Track and Field Championships getting underway. Th- this is a great event in Eugene, Oregon, isn't it? Oh, Eugene loves track and field. And, yeah, that's coming up next week. And Baylor's got a strong contingent going. Um, you know, you had three uh, Baylor athletes win um, national titles during the indoor portion of the season. The track and field season's a long year. They start in January. They do that whole indoor season, and then they, they transition into the outdoors. And in this year, you know, which is an Olympic year, then you have – a lot of those athletes then trying to make, you know, the, the U.S. team go to the the, the trials and, and try to make the, the Olympics. So it, it really makes for a long season. But Baylor has always done a, a good job of sort of peaking at the right time. You know, they build it up so that, um, you know, they're peaking at the right time. And, uh, you know, the, I mentioned the three that won uh, NCAA titles during the indoor season – uh, one of those is gone, Casey Lightfoot. He was, you know, an incredible pole vaulter, and he turned pro, you know, a couple of meets into the outdoor season. You know, more power to him. Casey did a great job at Baylor. Um, so, you know, he, I think he just kind of wanted to, to rest up, get ready for, for the trials. Uh, but you still have on the, on the women's side, uh, Aaliyah Miller, you know, she's a senior. Um, she won the 800 and is, is buzzing right along, you know, same kind of pace during the outdoor season. And then they've got a freshman from Jamaica, Akira Nugent, who uh, I did a story on her. I did a story on Aaliyah as well. But um, Nugent is, is uh, from Jamaica. She's super fast. And she's going uh, to the NCAAs in three events the 100, the 100 hurdles, and uh, Baylor's sprint relay team made it as well on the women's side. So, uh, like I said, they're pretty well represented, uh, you know, across the board. I was really impressed with what Alex Medlock was able to do in the the West Regional Preliminaries. Can you talk a little bit about that and what kind of elevated her to make this uh, trip to Eugene? You know, some of that's coaching. Uh, Stacey Smith does an incredible job with the jumpers over there. Stacy for a long time was Baylor's only NCAA champion on the women's side. And then, like I said, Aaliyah and Akira, you know, came through this year and, and, and added to that total. But uh, Stacy does a great job with the, uh, the jumpers. And I remember talking with coach Harbor before a, you know, maybe it was the big 12 meet. And he mentioned that Alex Medlock is, you know, ready to pop one, you know, he just, they saw it coming and building and uh, and like I said, that's all about that kind of peaking at the right time. You know, they want them uh, doing their best, you know, times and their best jumps and their best height at the end of the year. I mean, that's when you want to maximize it. And, and Alex is coming on, and now she's going to nationals in both the triple jump and the long jump. 
I think she's a, probably a long shot to, uh, you know, to win either of those. But she's ca- certainly capable of uh, getting on the podium. And, and if you're top eight, then you're an All-American. And that's, you know, nothing to slouch at. Bryce, uh, you, you, you and I were talking this morning, and I didn't realize it, but it is that time of the year, time for the Texas Sports Hall of Fame Board of Directors to get together and start to formulate uh, start to formulate the list for uh, who's going to be on the ballot. Yeah, and one I stumped for for a long time was uh, Sophia Young, and uh, very happy to see that uh, you know she's going into the to the class this year, along with you know another uh, Waco. Uh, person and Derek Johnson. That's you know cool to see. Um, it's always a fun meeting. I'm all, I'm I'm you know humbled to be uh, among that that group. As much as you can say that with with people like uh, Kurt Bowles and uh, John McClain, and you know, <laughs> I mean, uh, they're all they're all uh, a rowdy group. It's fun. We have a great time at those meetings. Uh, we're doing it via Zoom this year. I guess that's a I don't know, a COVID thing or, you know, maybe it's just, I, we did it last year via Zoom and, and uh, we always have tried to gather together and, and, and that, to me, that makes it more fun. Hopefully we, we get back to that, but I'm sure it, it does make it easier when, you know, when people are trying to come from all over the state, but, but yeah, we'll sit down, we'll hash out the ballot. Um, there's always a uh, primary ballot, which is like essentially athletes that have finished up in the last 20 years or so. And then you have your veterans ballot, which dates back, you know, more than 20 years. Um, and so it, uh, it's, it's, it's always cool. Everybody, you know, stumps for their own uh, nominee, although, um, you know, some, sometimes you'll have somebody nominate someone and you're like, oh yeah, absolutely. You know, we need to, we need to get them in. Um, and there's just, you know, the quality of athletes, you know, in Texas, in any sport, pick a sport. And, uh, you know, our hall of fame is better than your state's hall of fame. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, I'll, I'll throw this out there, Bryce. Lance Morris from Ira, please just give this guy a look. Okay, I'll take a look at him. Uh, another one that, uh, you know, David G. Campbell, who uh, used to write at the Trib, mm-hmm. not Dave Campbell, but... Uh, David G. David G., yeah, he, he, uh, and he wor- worked at the Brian Eagle for many years. He brought up uh, Lee Elder to me. Mm-hmm. Lee Elder Great was the first, name. The first, yeah, the first uh, African-American to, to ever play in the Masters, mm-hmm. and he's... So, you know... Uh, we, we have a log jam of people who really need to be in, uh, and that's one reason it's cool. You know, it's it's an exclusive club. That would uh, – that would you know what? I never thought about that. That would be a great name. All right, uh, Bryce, I know you're busy. I appreciate your time. Thanks so much. By the way, it's 0-0 Crawford and West Sabine going to the top of the fifth inning. Uh, yeah, so, we, got, we got Chad Conine and Rod ain't a lot down there, so I'll be uh, – we'll, we'll have some stuff in the paper tomorrow. What else we got in the Waco Tribune Herald tomorrow? I got a column coming. I actually just posted it right as uh, y'all are calling uh, about – fans uh it's great to have fans back in the stands but hey let's not act like knuckleheads let's not throw popcorn on people and spit at people and run onto the court you know so yeah that's coming and then uh uh like i said we'll have the um 
Baylor track stuff coming up. I'm doing a, a story on uh, Trey Fields. He's a 400 runner for the men's team. So, Good stuff. As always, Bryce, appreciate your time. Yep, thanks, Talk guys. To you. See, you, see you later. Bryce Cherry, the, uh, the uh, sports editor of the Waco Tribune Herald.